My name is Jack Oatway. And I'm Jay Oatway, and this is Like Dragon Like Sun, the podcast that talks about D&D. It's a father, it's a son, and it's Dungeons and Dragons. If you've come here looking for anything else, stick around. You are going to be surprised by the magical excitement we have in store. Yes. And if you've come here looking specifically for this, hey, guess what? We have some great ideas for your next player character, or mostly just for the character. Or... Something that's all in our mind. I well, think not, right now, not, as... not ideas for the character itself, but ideas of things to give the character. Exactly. Yes. Sorry. It I... is the festive season. Uh, currently, if you're listening to this in the future, hopefully you can, for this next forty minutes, experience this festive feeling well, with us. But let's let's face it. Anytime your DM wants to give your character a magic item, it feels like Christmas Day. It does. It does. It and does. since Christmas is coming, and uh, for those of you who are celebrating other uh, holy festivals of sorts, perhaps uh, in and around this time, perhaps gift, gift giving is a thing for you too. We we mean you no offense as we refer to the Christmas time. But actually, what we'll do is, um, you know, in the interest of D and D, let's just call it the Midwinter Festival. Midwinter Festival, because that's what the, the is celebrated across Faerun, and it's. Uh, Many, many different gods and religions, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, actually, we're going to be doing an, uh, a little family, Oatway family okay, okay, one-shot okay. that's all based around but the Midwinter Festival. But you're not here to festival. hear about that. You're here to, to hear about the magic hear items. about our magic items. The gifts that the keep gifts, on giving. Exactly. Um, and we're going to talk about some classics. Right. So, well, the, the question today really ones. is, uh, if you were to get, if you were to get, your character was to get something under the Christmas tree, the Midwinter Festival tree, what would it be? I'm sure... You've scoured through all the books, like we do, or maybe not. And you, you look at something, and you're like, oh, "I really, my character must have this." Or, and then you just put it out of your mind because you know your DM will just never give it to you. Or you bring it up to them and be like, "Hey, can I get this?" And they say, "If you save up, you can buy it at ridiculous prices." Responsible savings, or maybe a, not a Saint Nick, a Saint. I don't know what's a D and D. Uh, yeah, the Red the, the goddess, the god of giving. Uh, yeah, dragons don't give up. Goddess of the midwinter festival. Goddess will bless of the you. goddess of treasures. With, with a, a present. So I think let's just jump into some of our our present selections. Well, so there's there's a whole new range of presents that have just it's come true. out in uh, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. And I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to. But but talk you know what it's like. Cool Every year, people are clambering for the hot new thing. What's the hot ticket under the tree this year? So what, what for you out of Tasha's is the hot magic item? Now, there ticket? are a lot of amazing, cool, spectacular artifacts like giant mech suits and magical witching mortar and pestles and whatnot, which are all flashy and fun. But I think a classic that I think is going to become a staple that every spellcaster is going to want is their version of this new thing, this new line of of items, which are all about giving you a bonus to your save DC and spell attack rolls. Right. Tattoos. Um, my favorite, not the tattoo. Well, tattoos are also cool, but Sorry. I'm talking about... <laughs> I was thinking, how are you getting... Oh, the, the way the tattoos work, though, is if you could actually be given one because it's like they give you a needle mm-hmm. that then magically like comes to life and, and like all, pokes you a million times. you know they're all in the Artificer's like, infusion list now? Fun. They've updated the infusion list. It's so cool. Uh, I was making an Artificer the other day and I saw I was like... <gasps> Um, honestly, maybe artificers are the real Santas of the D and D universe. Oh, 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 I've made you a that's a fun magic item, idea. and I've made you a magic item. <laughs> just play a big bearded dwarf oh, or something. Oh, 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 an old, really old guy. Where's Jolly? Just every every short rest just makes it, is it long rest. What do they? Do? Uh, they can touch new things at a long rest. Yeah, door. Every long rest wakes Ooh, up. Your like, sword is magical. Look who's oh, come down oh, the oh, chimney oh, with oh, a oh, new oh. present for you. Yeah, I can see them as like. An armorer and their like big coat, like Santa outfit is their armor, something like that. It's fun, but I'm talking about art things like the arcane grimoire, the amulet of the devout. There's like moon sickle, golden sickle, something like that. There's ones for all the spellcasters except the warlocks because they already had one. 
um, if you're familiar with the Rod of the Pact Keeper. Um, but everyone now has those versions of them, and not only do they give you a bonus to your spell save and spell attack rolls, which is coveted by every single spellcaster in the world, I guarantee you, they also give you an extra use of some of your nice recharging things you get from um, from some of your class features. Like, I know the Amulet of the Devout, the one for Cleric and Paladins, gives you an extra use of your channel divinity. Um, I'm not sure what the, the Golden Sickle gives you, but uh, I know the Arcane Grimoire, the one for the Wizards, gives you a little bit more of a potent Arcane Recovery. Uh, and there's plenty of new spell books out for just for Wizards as well, which is Is there, uh, fun, is there one for Rogues? They're not spellcasters, you silly. No, but I mean, it's, there's Arcane Tricksters, right? No, no. Third casters get no love. No. Of course not. Don't be stupid. Grandpa <laughs> Humbug. It's Krampus. You stole um, but my Christmas. That to me, I think, is going to be the one that really catches people's eyes as the one they really, really want more than all the fun, flashy whatevers. I think that for all spellcasters, for all, for all your spellcasters, except your quarter casters, half casters, third casters. third casters, who apparently don't get any any magical love. Nope. All right. Well, humbug to them. Yeah. Um, well, for some of them, though, I mean, well. Especially if you for your bard, for the bard in your family, mm. um, drum of rhythm. No, actually, I I was really thinking the lyre of building. Ah, right, some of the old classic ones, classic instruments. Um, have you seen the lyre of building? I don't know what. I, not specifically. Uh, so yeah, it it lets you cast like mending as an action. Does it have fabricate? It does. It's got fabricate, move earth, pass wall. So basically, as your you know, castle is under siege and crumbling around you. You can you can sing and dance, and or maybe you're on a ship that's sinking, like the Titanic, and you literally can just keep playing. Long as you keep singing and playing, it doesn't sink. Wow. Or if the Tarrasque attacks the town. Yeah, you just keep dancing and singing in the streets, playing your jams. There's no limited amount of time. As long that, as you keep wow. as long as you keep rocking out, it's gonna be okay. You can keep fixing everything. Which is this is only rare. I oh, think it's cool. I think it's 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 a very um, limited use sort of I instrument. I don't think it's going to come up that often. But hey, say your bard runs a, a wagon time. or cart or something, and you're like, no, my cart. I think it's almost more likely like, that you come across this as an NPC who goes from town to town fixing things. What I like to do music. is introduce enemies who use them in creative ways to try and inspire the players when they get their hands on it to use it in creative ways. Like maybe. maybe they faced an annoying enemy that was um, tunneling through the ground with this or had summoned like a golem or, you know, was making things to obstruct the players, but uh, very fun. Or if like you've got like a bunch of kobolds with like, like I like if you've seen Kane Kuo, he has like a kobold cannon idea, and that like that object can take damage. But if you've got a little kobold on the side playing a little ditty, that the the cannon is not going down. So I just imagine them doing like it's like guitar solos, so lutes, so lyre solos. Or yeah, that thing you made with fabricate ain't going down so easy. Um, yeah, I'm. I apologize. I don't really know the difference between like lutes and lyres and the the various string instruments. What is I think it might be a lyre. Is it even? Liar? Liar? I don't know. They're they're like those like you know they're all those, like little medieval guitars to me, baby. They kind of like look harpish, and they're oh, like they're a, more harpy, a U oh. looking thing. Well, not harpy in like, but they're like a harpish shape. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, it's I a U shaped harp. Oh. It's even called a harp. I always. It's like a Greece thing if you're familiar with. I that. oh, it's Greek. Interesting. I always thought uh, they were. It was really more, you know, guitar banjo related. And according to Google, it is pronounced liar. So there you go. There you go. Um, a classic a item I had on the list: the bag of holding. Yeah. Or when it comes to classics, like you know, if you perhaps the most classic. If you're gonna hang a stocking by the chimney with care, it should be a bag of holding. A stocking of holding. Exactly. Stocking of holding. Um, yeah. Look, uh, it's my most favoriteest one, uh, and I think the one that almost every one of my characters. If they can finagle getting their hands on at some point in adventure, you want to get your hands on it's it. It's an essential. It is such a the, the party. Every party should have one. Mm -hmm. Of course. Um, beg, borrow, steal, do whatever you have to do to get one. And surprisingly, so many adventures actually do provide them as treasure. Like they're uh, they're around. They're all over the yeah. place. Um, not such a bad 
always pick a pick up. if you can do it. Uh, an artificer may be a waste of your few options, but if your party needs one desperately for storage, well, then considers your and artificer. It, and it also give, depends like, whether or not your DM's be. playing with gold coin yeah. weight. Yeah, exactly. Because then it's a, a big advantage. What's oh, another one that you have? Do you have another one on your or list of goodies? Um, well, actually, I've got a I've got a a, a two part gift. Ooh, okay. uh, you know, two gifts that go so well together. Okay. okay. Um, that that you really you want to ask for both of them. Um, the the big ticket item on it is the very rare ring of regeneration. Ooh. Which look, it, it like it's it's not, it's not going to say well, it it isn't. It's you gain one d six hit points every ten minutes, so in combat it's not going to help you. But after combat, well, and you wait to see what we we put it with, right? So with that, you also get the periapt of wound closure. Okay. Which while you wear this pendant, you stabilize whenever you are dying at the start of your turn. In addition, whenever you roll a hit die to regain hit points, double the number of hit points it restores. So. Not only does that make your one d six hit point recovery, yeah, the ring regeneration but that's now two d six, maybe not. Um, all right, so maybe that doesn't work. Doesn't matter because this is like this is the you go down, you die, but you don't die. You stabilize, and then instead of you know four hours from now regaining one hit point in ten minutes, you've got you're back on your feet. See, so with it, like you become somewhat immortal. You can't ever well, really. Really, truly die. If something, like, goes out of its way to... Yeah, yeah. But nobody... I mean, if you go down the battlefield, typically nobody has to worry about you that much. Well, I don't know. Look at Molly Mock. Spoilers. Sorry. Um, but, yeah. I, I like the, the combination of those two together. Yeah. Pretty Harry much ensure... Wound closure is always a classic as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one to have. If you have a, a sorcerer who just has a I, knack I, for falling unconscious... I particularly think as well... I don't know. Maybe it's just because I've been in the mindset of, like, what if you play a one-on-one campaign with a dm um having these co this combination yeah. of magic items if you don't have other people around to heal you or get you back on I don't your know. feet i think then it just becomes more of a home rule at that point it's like all right 10 minutes later the, the goblin horde that just stabbed you wanders off and you wake up with mm. 1d6 points another one from my list Another classic, I'd even say, is the belt of giant strength. Yeah, it's always any a goodie. version of it. I will. I take any version of that as is, well. It's fun. Or gauntlets of ogre strength. I think it's like mm. the, the, the even lower one. But anything that can like, it's super like classic for any strength users to want their to get their hands on a belt of any form of giant strength. Fire's like pretty good, but you're probably never going to see something like that. The most you're probably ever going to see is maybe a hail or stone one. Stone the next one up from hail. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Um, but belts of giant strength. If you get the chance to pick one up, always try it out. What about uh, what about if you had to? Uh, you had if you wanted to ask for some magic armor for mid midwinter festival. What, what would you pick? I mean, first of all, here's newsflash, folks. Uh, things like you know a plus two shield is is a rare item. Like they some. Some what seem like very simple magic items uh, when it comes to armor get pretty uh, pretty expensive pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, I think a classic uncommon one that's very nice for people who get up in the front or are getting the, like f getting hit by attacks constantly is adamantine armor. Just means any critical hit against you, boom. Now it's a normal hit. I would, I would say on the other side of it, um, for your... Your roguish types, um, especially if you've taken one dip into fighter. Um, nice if you can get your hands on anything made of mithril. Mm, yeah. Right? Uh, a mithril breastplate, ooh, lovely. I mean, I know it doesn't add any extra magical buff to you, but you get to keep your uh, dexterity bonus added on to your... Uh, well, I guess you'd keep that anyway with the breastplate, but you don't have any disadvantage on stealthiness. Uh, it's like it's just like, and you can wear it underneath your kit as well, so it's like doesn't mess up with the uh, you know 
the gothy sort of you know smoldering dark look that you've got going for your yeah. rogue um mithril mithril stuff's mithril stuff's great yeah i mean that's just like low tier but but i would ask for mithril for my dm mm. any chance i got yeah good stuff that or if you know perhaps that you're in a world of fire perhaps on the city of brass or something uh of the like consider uh maybe asking for armor of resistance if you know that's going to be a big issue you know or especially in icewind dale armor of resistance is a big one if you can get cold um but there's those are more situational yeah um i mean i think for the dwarf in my uh in my life i would uh ask for a dwarven plate and a dwarven thrower rare very that's very rare i know but you know nothing like having a dwarf kitted out and stuff that actually i do agree though dwarf made by dwarfs for dwarfs gives you 20 ac as an armor flat out because it plate is 18 plus two from its magical bonus and you can like reduce however much you're moved um which is 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 quite nice but that 20 ac not even counting for the shield is <laughs> yeah nice um yeah i think like you know again in the in the very rare category for if Santa, if uh yeah our <clears throat> santa claus figure is being nice to us um the spell guard shield Ooh, that's a class and nasty uh, yeah it's uh yeah. while holding the shield you have advantage on saving throws against spells and other magic effects spell attacks have disadvantage against you that's good. Yeah. Nice, right? Yeah. Uh, also, animated shield. It leaves your hand free. Really nice for those dual wielders or spellcasters in your life who still want a shield, like a, a nice cleric. Yeah, I mean, some classics in the armor category. Sentinel shield is a simple one. If uh, if you want, maybe, well, monks can't really use shields, but I was going to say a shield of missile attraction um, could be a lot of fun as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're. I'm trying to think of like armor and stuff that isn't out there crazy. I mean, the thing about D and D is that there's always there's always something that like in the legendary category, which just blows the doors off of everything in the game. But um, but yeah, that's you know, is that too much to ask? You think? I mean. When do you get legendary items? Yeah, exactly. You know, why are these items even in the game if you're not going to give them out? And I suppose this is a question that, you know, for DMs everywhere is, you know, how much magic is too much magic in your game? How about you? Have you ever had a, a problem giving out too many magic items to your friends? Um, not really. Most people end up forgetting about them anyways, but... There are times where it does sort of bite you in the. Isn't it funny that people forget about their magic items? Well, some are a little like, well, they're situational, right? Exactly. Like, they didn't really ask for it. I mean, if they ask for it and it's like a weapon, they're probably going to be using it all yeah, the time, if, right? If it's sort of designed into their character build. But otherwise, well, yeah, not so much. Speaking of designed into character build, one of my favorite new tattoos for any unarmed fighters is the coiling grasp tattoo. Uh, if you look it up on your D and D Beyond uh, devices. Uh, the coil and grasp tattoo really makes your unarmed strikes like takes them to the next level um, because it gives you that plus one, I believe, to... Oh, wait, is it not the coiling grasp one? Maybe it's the other one. Um, it's called maybe Eldritch Claw, actually. Eldritch Claw, I think that's actually... Yeah, Eldritch Claw tattoo, sorry. They're kind of similar. Um, but it essentially, like all other tattoos, it attunes the same. That's an uncommon one, so if you're, like, getting an uncommon item of your choice in your monk, maybe consider picking this one up. Um, it, your unarmed strikes are considered magical. It doesn't matter. Eventually monks get that anyways, but a nice thing is you get to a plus one to bonus to attacks and damage rolls with unarmed strikes, essentially giving you a plus one magic item. You know, that plus one longsword is now your plus one fists, which is really nice, because that's a huge disadvantage of the monks, is that they can't really benefit from magic items in the same way that many other characters can. Uh, and another secondary feature, which makes them even better than just getting a plus one weapon, 
uh, Eldridge Maul as a bonus action, even also cool for other characters. Uh, you can empower a tattoo for one minute. For the duration, each of your melee attacks with a weapon or an unarmed strike. So say you've got a lance, you could 30 foot reach that. Um, oh, sorry, 15 feet. Um, the weapon or unarmed strike can reach a target up to 15 feet away as inky tendrils launch towards the target. In addition, your melee attacks deal an extra 1d6 force damage on a hit. Uh, once you use this bonus action, can't be taken again until the next dawn. But this essentially makes your unarmed strikes, say even if you're a monk at 5th uh, level, it should make them 2d6 plus 1 plus your dexterity, which is nice, you know, given you can make two, 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 4 of them. If you hit your flurry of blows, but 15 feet away, making monks a little bit more of a, a viable yeah, mid, it, that's mid combat. Definitely, mid combat. definitely for the monk in your life, that yeah. one's gorgeous. Yeah, really, really nice. If you're a monk, consider picking that one up. I have one that's um, that's a legendary item here, but it's a one off. Okay, which just even kind of breaks my heart. But this is like definitely this would be one of those sort of like I think Alice in Wonderland type potions. The potion of giant size, right? Um, it's a twenty-four hour duration. You drink it, and you become huge, uh, which is good fun. Um, your strength becomes twenty-five if it isn't already higher, which is kind of a funny thing to be listed. I'm like, how is my strength above twenty-five? Uh, maybe that giant belt I got for Christmas. Uh, and uh, your hit point maximum is doubled. Which is pretty cool. Ooh, that is cool. Because uh, this is something that if you use in large and stuff on yourself, this is like the final fight. You, you don't know? get you don't get those sorts of buffs. Also, as huge, uh, your melee reach increases by five feet. Nice. Um, that's the thing in Rune Knight now as well. So any huge creature seem to <laughs> anything that buffs you up to huge gives you an extra five foot of reach. Mm. Um, and everything you're carrying also jumps up in size. But this is nice instead of just like. Again, how enlarge deals with it, which is to uh, to give you an extra, you know, D six or whatever it is of damage. This one basically says, you know, your normal number of dice that you use are tripled. So your enlarged longsword, instead of being one D eight, becomes three D eight. Pretty awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, and then then of course when it ends. It's got one cool side effect is that your that extra hit point maximum that you've been buffed up to, that all becomes temporary hit points. Ooh, that's so, nice. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh so yeah. Good times that. That is good times. I think that's a actually quite a cool potion. Yeah. I think that's sort of you know that's a fun time situation. Like there's like I don't know, you create a uh you create a fight of some sort. That's the Tarask fight right there. Well, maybe not Tarask, but maybe it's another giant or something. Yeah. Maybe you've got to like take them on in unarmed combat or something. Um, and the winner, the winner gets this or even that potion. or gets the crown or well, gets something else. Yeah, that's true. Maybe they give you the belt of giant strength. <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, or maybe yeah, maybe you it's proved a, yourself it, worthy. Maybe it's a secret, some sort of secrets. Uh, if you can wrestle the giant, then you say you chug the potion and give it a go. Yeah, it's a good one. Especially for your grappler friends out there. Really nice. You can just now pick up things, essentially. It's sort of fun. Um, what do you have? Uh, what do you have? Is there any rings that you like or potions you like? There's another classic for monks or any people who aren't so happy with their AC. A ring of protection. Always, a, always an easy pick. I mean, you already talked about the ring of regeneration, but I think even the ring of protection is more uh, more famous. for its, just, it's simple plus one to AC. And sometimes that's all you really need from a magic item to make it so totally worth it. I mean, even that plus one can make a huge difference to your game um, in terms of, of what a character has. Now that, that wizard with a lowly AC of 15 suddenly got a 16, and that's actually quite nice, you know, especially if paired up with other, um, like, you know, magical bonuses could pair up well with mage armor or whatever, you know, to uh, give one of your uh, less resilient friends a little bit more resilience which i think is quite nice um and that sort of also goes to speak about the cloak of protection um which does a very similar thing and so if you can give them both to someone i mean i think they're both attunement so it is quite heavy on their attunement but it is a lot of protection extra plus two two ac it's quite nice but again if you're a monk and you're not wearing any armor maybe consider braces of defense they give you a plus two while you're not wearing armor or if you're a wizard also a good one you know who doesn't have any armor or sorcerer classic option 
what I want to do is uh, is get a a Grinch uh, present going here as well. Some little bah humbuggy Ebenezer Scrooge type uh, type present. So I'm I'm going to suggest putting the rod of rulership Ooh. under the tree because everybody everybody wants to have something that allows them to command obedience from each creature of your choice that you can see within 120 feet of wow, you. That is pretty. So yes, yeah, so you should defend descend from the mountain and control Whoville. Uh, each target has to succeed on a DC 15 wisdom saving throw or be charmed by you for eight whole hours. <laughs> um, while charmed in this way, the creatures regard you as their trusted leader. Uh, if harmed by you or by your companions or commanded to do something that's contrary to their nature, the target ceases to be charmed. So you can't march them off a cliff or something. <laughs> But you can be like, make toys for me. I command you to make more toys. Speaking of rods, I know there are plenty of super fun magic items that happen to be rods. I think of two right away. The one I love, the rod of security, and another one. The rod of insecurity? <laughs> the rod of insecurity. Um, it's, like curse, it's the cursed version of it. Like Every day you have to wake up and make a... Like a roll to whether or not yeah. you can face the day. The rod of security essentially guarantees that idea of isolated immortality, but you can bring like other people with you as well. Is the nice thing about it because you can create a paradise, however you see fit, an extra planar paradise with this very rare item, um, which lasts for two hundred days, in which food is prepared, service is prepared, everything is a perfect paradise as you want it to be, right? Besides the people on there, which, of course, are all disasters, as every person is, um, that sh has access to magic like this. Um, the time is reduced by the number of creatures there. So if you're holding a 200-person banquet, know that will last only one day. Uh, that's all you need for a banquet anyways. Uh, invite the whole kingdom over. Um, but could be good to give to a BBEG whose evil layer is on this in this rod of security um, or uh, as an escape like this is your your base of operations in this rod and so it could be super scary when <laughs> it gets stolen you know or something like that I think it'd be super fun um, not super practical but I think it's uh, still I mean one of the few ways you can actually get immortality because you don't age for those 200 days that's fun and with something like an arc druid or something that gives you more you know lengthens your lifespan and an elf, you're probably not going to die. Do you know what's better than a rod? What's that? A staff. They're bigger. But one more rod. Oh, that's it. The immovable rod. Oh, yes. That's this quite a, a fun rod. Uh, I actually had that in a, a recent heist game that we were playing. Mm. We spent like a whole session just planning our heist. And when we went looking through you know, the, the city to see what sort of magic items we could come up with... Uh, just so happened randomly that we came across an immovable rod. And Perhaps once, one of the most useful items. And of once all time. we had that in our inventory, the whole plan came together. It was a very Ocean's Eleven moment. It was quite good. Um, but I was thinking about you were saying earlier about Ring of Protections. Pick up an immovable rod if you can. You know, like Ring of Protections mm. and Cloak of Protection. There's another one that goes with that for the for the wizard who just keeps needing that buff to their AC. Uh, Staff defense. Right. Uh, plus one to your AC. Not bad, but it has 10 charges. This is only a rare item, so it's not the biggest gift you get under the tree, although it's quite long. Same as for the um, protection. Yeah. Weighs three pounds, uh, and you must be attuned to it. So it's got that. But it, uh, with the staff in hand, you can use your action to cast one of the following spells from the staff. Uh, if the spell is on your spells, uh, your class of spell list. So this is kind of a Made little for bit, wizards. Because it's got mage armor and shield. Right. Um, which actually, well, I guess you can get artificers and things like that with that. See. So, um, so yeah, mage armor is one is one charge. So plus one you, to your AC, your ring of protection. What would you say? Another plus one, plus two, mm -hmm. uh, plus one, plus one, and your cloak of protection was plus one, plus one. But instead of sacrifice that ring of protection, instead go for bracers of defense if you're a wizard with no armor. Right. And suddenly you've got that plus four. Yeah. all those things are all three of those in tunement uh right. yes i believe so so yeah there's limits there how many gifts you can get under the tree um but yeah shield's always fun if you've got 10 charges of that and in your staff 
you don't have to be burning spell slots. Um, well, actually, you get five trades. It requires two to use. So Only sorcerers and wizards can benefit from this, or specific. If you're a hexblade, you can benefit from this, and if you're an artillerist or battlesmith, yeah. you can ba- benefit from this. So fun times uh, for if you're trying to buff up your AC stuff. sort of thing. Uh, and I guess that's, you know, this is, this is what presents often come down to or what we're looking for. Some of the most universally useful magic items affect the stats uh, that are most commonly, you know, involved in the game, right? And mm. armor class, like it or not, is one of the, it's biggest, one of the, one, one big of the biggest ones, ones yeah. for everybody. It's hard to change. Um, and and for good reasons, just the way the game is set up and designed. If you increase your armor class by two points, that's a ten percent difference uh, in terms of whether something's going to hit you or not. It's a big change. Now, typically, a midwinter gift people don't really appreciate as much as the others is some clothing. So I want to talk about some of our favorite cloaks sure. or wearables. Well, I mean, for me, like I think very low level, uh, just. You know, glamoury sort of stuff that um, that changes and looks different things. If I've got a character who is a very fashion-focused character, I want those magic items purely for role-play purposes. Yeah, yeah, glamour weave something no, like that. No, no buff to no buff to the character yeah, really, apart from the you fact need a new outfit. Boom, that they just look it. good. Cloak of billowing is a similar like epic thing, but I think a classic one that I always like, besides the cloak of protection is the cloak of displacement uh quite powerful while you wear this cloak it makes you kind of like a displacer beast and you can actually see that in its design it's got the little displacer beast tendrils uh i hope it's made ethically and not sourced from <laughs> displacer beast hide well but yeah artificial mm. displacer beast well um ethically farmed displacer <laughs> beast from the fey wild uh that's where they're from right I think so, but they're not actually fey. They're monstrosities. Right, but I think they're like they're like winter court like mm. creatures. They were, I think, and then blink dogs were made to counter them, and then By so the they were. Court. Yeah, and so they're kind of now fell out of favor of the fey, and they're they're lone predators and whatnot. But uh, they get made into cloaks apparently. Uh, cause well, so hey, essentially hey, it causes any creature to have disadvantage on attack rolls against adventurers you. and DMs out there. Remember that harvesting monsters can be lucrative. For those out there who, who you know, yeah. looking for adventure ideas, simply sending your party out to poach to poach the local <laughs> displacer beast and bring it back for somebody who's trying to build one of these cloaks could be a rewarding uh, side quest yeah. or you know, mission between missions or even the whole game itself. But this is actually quite a fun one for just the the cost of a rare attunement. So it has to be rare, and it requires your attunement. All attack rolls have disadvantage against you. Pretty nice. The thing is, if you take damage, this property ceases to function until the start of your next turn. It's also suppressed if you're incapacitated, restrained, or otherwise unable to move. So if your movement speed's zero, you're out of luck. If you're restrained, too bad. But otherwise, um, quite useful. Cloak of Elvenkind also gets a shout out, but I think that one's a little bit of a lower level. Uh, my final one, it's not even called a cloak, but it's called the Cape of the Mountebank. Bank, Mountebank. Um, and this one is just a once per day uh, dimension door, but I still think it's just such a such a, a, a simply amazing one that I, 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 I've always liked. I like its design. I like the way it looks. It feels a little Red Riding Hood to me. And like, you escape out of danger. It's got so much like exploration utility and getting new uh, places. I like it. And if you disappear and do use it, uh, you leave behind a cloud of smoke, like a little um, which lightly obscures the area you left and appear in. So things are going to have a little bit more difficulty trying to spot you um, as soon as you bamf, which is kind of fun. Uh you know, for that for that party that uh, is looking to try and increase its sort of like travel speeds and getting around and things, I've got a gift for them. Okay. Carpet of flying. I can show you. Well, we're gonna get copyrighted. Oh yeah! Wait, wait! That, stop! But... Stop singing. Um, you know, did you know carpets of flying come in four different sizes? <gasps> okay. So you can get the little racer models, right? They're a three by five. 
they can't carry that many people. They're like 200 pound carrying capacity. Like one person or two goblins. Yeah. Yeah. Or one person and a bit of like treasure or something. 1.5 people. But they've got a flying speed of 80 feet. Like you race those, right? And yeah. actually now that I say that, that sounds like, uh, that sounds like a challenge right there. And how much? Two, they carry 200 pounds, 80 feet. Movement. 80 feet, right. Uh, slightly bigger model, the four by six, 400 pounds. Definitely get a couple characters on that one. Maybe three if you had halfling in, in your midst. Speed drops to 60 feet. Right. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. Still like cruising. Uh, like dashing through the snow. <laughs> uh, next model up, the 5 by 7 Right. And it's interesting, actually. I think all of these proportions that they're, that they're using here are also like, like the same proportions that you find in like photo frames. Anyways, <laughs> <clears throat> um, the 5 by 7 carries 600 pounds. So if you're trying to get some loot uh, out of the dungeon... Uh, but it's it's speed drops to forty feet, and then of course the granddaddy, the big lifter, the the heavy haul, and you need to move house. Um, the six by nine, eight hundred pounds, room for the whole party. It's like that's your seven seater minivan. Yeah. Right. You got you got everybody sitting All on that. All the kids that. in the back. All the everybody's in the back. It's only thirty feet per turn, which is the same as you would be walking around, but you're not walking. You're flying. You're flying, which is just like, it's just cooler that, you know, you just, you come across this party of characters cruising down the road, same speed they'd be going in a wagon, same speed they'd be going if they were walking. doesn't really make it look a difference, except the fact that they're on a flying carpet, which is dope. It is pretty dope. As, and you just like to see them fluttering down the road towards you. It's pretty awesome. It's um, awesome. And, and isn't that really what presents are about? But if you're a little bit more selfish and don't want your whole party moving with you, then maybe you consider getting the boots of speed. Simple yeah, ones. Forget your those heel guys. Like Dorothy. We're out of here. Exactly. The boots of speed double your movement speed, and they've got like a time duration where you can like turn it on and off. But and it's cool once that it's they like say a battery double life, as know? well because for some builds, you know, yeah, Tabaxi Monk, uh, that could be at a ginormous number. You would literally become the Flash. It only has a 10-minute battery, but I do agree with what you're saying. And opportunity attacks against you have disadvantage. Um, but it does take a bonus action activation and deactivation. So it's be a little <laughs> you bit to turn it off. That. Like, bonus action, turn it on. If you're like a tabaxi monk, I could like think of maybe you like maybe have normally like say 60 feet your movement speed. And so you dash. So it's... 120 tabaxi 240 and now this 480 i'm sure there's even more you could get that to even crazier extents like if you had haste or mobile feats or other things like that but yeah um, <clears throat> as a baseline moving over 400 feet in the turn is pretty good you are the flash essentially yeah um yeah that's always fun yeah that really makes you the flash um moving on to maybe something a little bit more useful one that i have similar to the bag of holding in many ways but kind of different uh the alchemy jug uh if you're familiar with it it's actually quite useful fun inventive uh if you can think of the right time to make a certain liquid um it it's like a big jug essentially uh which can hold up to like weighs 12 no matter what it, it weighs 12 pounds uh and sloshing sounds can always be heard uh from within the jug even if it's empty you can use your action and name one liquid from the table below. So it's acid, poisons, beers, honey, mayonnaise, oil, vinegar, water, salt, and wine. Um, so for your poisoners out there, maybe it could be a fun one to pick up. Um, and it produces a, a, a certain max amount, and those amounts sort of change depending on the, the liquid you choose to produce. Afterward, you can uncork the jug as an action and pour that lid out up to two gallons per minute. Yeah, it's there's, there's endless sources of amusement with... With this magic item it's a classic as well I, it shows up in a lot of games a lot of the time it's super useful super tons of things you can do with it yeah you definitely want to put that one on your your list of things you ask for from the midwinter exactly. festival elf but once you make something you can't make anything else until the next dawn yeah but Still say fun. do you need uh two gallons of mayonnaise no problem yeah uh, and who doesn't yeah there was like i can't tell you how many times it that's come up in combat Mayonnaise, you always need it. Trust me. Uh, but things like acid and oil are actually quite helpful yeah, to have. Those things can come up. Fresh water, especially in places where you really need it. I mean, decanter of endless water is nicer, but this is a pretty good one as well. Do you need uh, honey, some sweeting honey trap or something? You know, nice. Could be fun. Beer, you know, 
you're you're humming and hawing around the something. I don't hey, know. You, know? you, you disguise yourself as a goblin because you speak goblin. And you go in and you're like chatting with them in Goblin and you just are pouring everybody, all the Goblin's beers and they get drunk. <gasps> and then the rest of your party sneaks in as the Goblins all fall asleep. And kills them all in their sleep. No, no. We just, we're nonviolent. <laughs> of course. Um, but we're- I know this could be fun for a Poisoner. Uh, if you pick up uh, two levels of Artificer and maybe dip into Rogue a little bit, pick up the Poisoner feat. It's going to be super fun because, you know, that expensive stuff you're spending on making poison. Now, every day you get a free half ounce. Nice. It's kind of fun. Uh, we actually, we haven't talked about being violent that much. We've been kind of buffing yeah. ourselves and things. Um, well, that's what the, the midwinter spirit is all about. No, no, it's not. No, it's <laughs> it's more stabby than you think. It's true. Um, so here's the deal. I'm old school. Back in the day, first edition, the ultimate super duper magic item that everybody wanted when I DM everybody like, can we have it? Can I have this? And I'd be like, no, no, nobody ever gets it ever. No, never. Um, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure we gave it out all the time. Um, be like, and you discover after killing the major boss monster stuck into the stone is a sword, not just any sword. It is the Vorpal blade. <sighs> dun, dun, dun. Legendary. The Vorpal sword. Like, is it legendary? It is. It's it's one that's been in the game all the way back. If it's, you're familiar with uh, the Jabberwocky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one, two, one, two, through and through. A Vorpal Blade went snicker snack. He killed its dead. It killed it killed it, de- it dead. And with its head, he went clumping back. Something like that. Uh, that Vorpal, that Vorpal killy killness is awesome. It's, it's essentially just a plus three sword. And just. if you crit then it's an instant But I'm just saying, just plus three. Plus three is huge. Yeah. Plus three weapons are the bomb. Um, it also includes plus three to the damage, because, hey, why not? Hey. It ignores any resistances to slashing damage. Cuts clean through those, baby. Mm, that is nice. Snicker snack. And uh, when you attack a creature that has at least one head with this weapon, so... Hydras. <clears throat> you roll a d20 on the attack roll and cut off. If you roll a, a, a 20, you cut off one of the creature's heads. Uh, if it would die from having his cut head off, it dies. Yeah. If it can't survive without the lost head. And this way I saying Hydras, they just keep going. Um, you definitely want to include this one in, in your Theros campaign if you're fighting a Hydra or something. Mm-hmm. Always let the... Um, hey, question though. So it's my champion who crits on 19 and 20. It basically says in here that on a roll of 20, it cuts off the head. But would you let the champion cut it off at 19 as well? Oh, no. It doesn't say when you crit. It says when you roll a 20. It's got to be 20 then. I'd I'd let him know if it crit and chop it off. It'd be more fun. Um, Especially in Theros where you're trying to chop off heads. It's got to be 20. (sighs) Anyways. uh, Maybe. Maybe. If they can convince me. (laughs) Um... Yeah, you can also, of course, as a DM, say, no, the creature's too big to have its head cut off. Like, yeah. you can't cut it off at once. Or it wouldn't kill it, you know? Um, but the thing I like sometimes with legendaries... But you know what it gets mm. instead, then? What it gets instead? Okay, okay. If it doesn't just die instantly, if for whatever reason, uh, or, you know, this may still kill it, it takes an extra 68 slashing damage from the head. That's pretty... That's the good. Sword. And 20's a crit anyway, so is that and it, double? And again, it's this, you know, here's the thing. is I love this thing so much just because of it's like, because of how far back it goes. But again, it's just one of these things that I just don't feel like, like if you ask a DM, can I have a Vorpal sword? The answer is no. <laughs> no, you can't. Please. I think an even more no. basic one beyond the just the legendary, some people imagine when they first started venturing, is a sword that you can set it on fire at will. The flame tongue. Yeah, flame tongue's not like crazy. It's not crazy rare. I believe it's only a rare, actually. Um, but it is a classic, uh, as we've used <laughs> we've used that word. I think maybe too much. Um, classic. Well, you, it, you want true. classic gifts. It's true. Frankly, I mean, the flame tongue, your classic sword that's on fire as a bonus action. You speak the the magic sword's command word in causing flames to erupt from it. The flames shed a bright light in a 40-foot radius, so pretty big, and dim light an extra 40 feet. While the sword is ablaze, it deals an extra 2d6 fire damage to any target it hits. 
uh, and the flames last until you use a bonus action to, um, you know, drop it, right? Right. Uh, so the light goes away, and it doesn't do extra fire damage. But hey, a consistent extra free 2d6 whenever you want, that's pretty nice. Not gonna lie. I, 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 and the fact that it can, I think it's it's any sword. So you could put this in like on a scimitar, a great sword, a long sword. I'd even maybe consider letting players um, use it for something like like a halberd or like uh, even a warhammer. Maybe it could be fun. It doesn't just have to be a sword. But I think it's quite the simple but fun. For your uh, low level uh, characters, here's a little stocking stuffer. Um, and I got some tips on how to use this. Uh, the Wand of Magic Missiles. Yes. Handy little uncommon item. It's not the biggest gift you'll you'll ever give, but gosh, isn't it nice to be able to every round chuck some magic missiles? Yeah. Uh, especially, well, not every round, Especially for the lower level, say, sorcerers who've, you know, run out of spells. Uh, your cantrips aren't just doing it for you anymore. And uh, actually, for any sort of character who wants a little auto magic range damage so it's got seven charges folks when you're using uh this you can spend it's got 10 charge or seven charges in it you spend one charge to cast magic missiles you can expend one additional charge to upcast it and get which means casting at a higher level if you're not aware right which means you get one more magic Mm. missile so you instead of unaware of magic missile it's it's 1d4 plus one right 1d4 plus one so you get straight up 3d4 plus 3 as your basic free boom 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 you get that first for, level for, for burning first one charge. charge in this so using two charges you'd only get four hmm. d4 plus four but if you saved it for the next round exactly you... so if you use that next round you get another you get 3d4 that one so charge. basically 64 versus 44 so really never use more than one charge of your unless wand. you like really feel like this is the killing thing and you don't have a whole oh, way to hold no thing. way that an extra d4 is the decider i don't know man could be if it's that close somebody else in your party can sneeze and take the creature it's true. down it's true uh it's not that big a deal you can like get that much but damage say you want, like, arm, there's like four little goblins just in range <laughs> but you only get three yeah okay so if you want to take out like four targets at one go and just like size it there might be situations where you burn more but generally if you want to like max out your wand of magic missiles potential once per turn once per round mm. uh shoot it and away you go um it only regains 1d6 plus one charges daily though so yeah. you uh you, and you don't want to expend them all at once yeah, so that way it can break, as with many. Yeah, wands. well, exactly. If you expend the wand's last charge, you roll a d twenty on a wand. On a, if you roll a one, the wand crumbles into ash and is destroyed. No, I broke my toy. Nobody likes breaking their <laughs> toys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, going on the idea of violence as our gifts, uh, a favorite for many rogues I know would be the bracer of flying daggers. This one is, is quite fun. It's rare with attunement. Um, this armband appears to have thin daggers strapped to it. As an action, you can pull two daggers from the bracer and immediately hurl them, making a ranged attack with each dagger. If the dagger uh, the dagger vanishes, if you don't hurl it right away, and the dagger disappear, uh, daggers disappear right after they hit or miss. The bracer never runs out of daggers. So every turn you go. <laughs> even make this into shurikens if you wanted to really play into yeah. that idea of a ninja just like that's very cool. fun uh, especially with some of your people like who have thrown weapon fighting this could be a super fun one uh it is just 1d4 i believe right just as as daggers normally are yeah. so 2d4 if you can hit both of them but i think it's just a simple but fun one uh and if i may interject while we're on the theme of bracers uh <laughs> A very rare one on the other side of the coin for um, spellcasters. This is a game changer one, potentially really dangerous. Um, it is a, a Ravnica thing, so it may not be available to you, but it's called the Illusionist's Bracers. It requires a tune by a spellcaster, so you have to be able, you have to be a spellcaster. Um, powerful Illusionist of House Demir originally developed these bracers. I don't know what House Demir is, but it's, uh, isn't that uh, everyone thing? No, it's Ravnica. I Ravnica, just said, Ravnica thing, right? Which enabled uh, her to create multiple illusions at once. 
the bracer's powers, though, extends far beyond illusions. While wearing the bracers, whenever you cast a cantrip, you can use a bonus action on the same turn to cast that cantrip a second time. Mm-hmm. So, your warlock who loves to spam Eldritch Blast can now spam it twice every turn. Um, so, that's potentially at higher levels 8d10 uh, consistently if they can get some solid hits in on a creature. And if you get Hex up as well, that could be quite scary. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, those are some bracers I wanted to mention, though. But I really do think the bracers of Flying Daggers are under-acknowledged, and they're in Waterdeep Dragon Heist if you don't have that adventure, if you're wondering where they're from. Um, I really like those two, though. Uh, is there one that you want to talk about? Well, I think, I mean, this in this past year or so, maybe it was even before that, but there's sometimes underrated gifts, um, things that you don't think are going to be a big gift that can then turn the whole tide of a game. Mm. And I, I just like a little shout out to um, one of my favorite ones from Critical Role, the Dust of Deliciousness. <laughs> it's a new Critical Role one. We talked about it in another episode, I think. But it's, yeah, uh, go over it again. If you got your Critical Role content uh, turned on on D&D Beyond, you'll see that one. It's, uh, it's a stocking stuffer. It doesn't look like a lot. Um, you know, it, uh, it gives a disadvantage on wisdom checks, I think. Sorry. Yeah, it, a disadvantage on wisdom ability and uh, saving throws, which is nice. Um, and it's an it uncommon makes item. Taste very, very good. It's not a big deal. Um, yeah, it greatly improves the flavor and dulls the eater's senses. Anyone eating the food treated with this dust has disadvantage on wisdom ability checks and wisdom saving. And throws if you for don't know hour. the classic moment. Uh, you might want to skip ahead 10 seconds because it's a bit of a spoiler, but Jester uses it to uh, convince the hag to let go of not now Veth. Uh, the curse. The Break curse. the curse. Yeah. Uh, and people were offering to, like, you know, cause wars or sacrifice their, you know, like, create they a life being, of They were all being super, super and, like, dramatic. And, and she's like, would you like a cupcake? Trickster domain. Yeah. I mean, Tricked perfect, the hag with a death of perfect, deliciousness. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And, moment. yeah, took down the, the big baddie with with a little tiny sprinkling. Now, of course, she cast Modify Memory, but the disadvantage on Wisdom Ability Checks... Was pretty key, and really, pretty, really well role-played as well. Yeah, really, uh, or Wisdom... It might be a saving throw, right? Wisdom saving throw. Um, yeah, that was that was absolutely key. Super good. Um, so, yeah, big shout-out for that one. Mm. Gotta love. I think we're, we're around the 50-minute mark, so we might just want to give quick honorable mentions to some other stocking stuffers or things that we feel are under acknowledged that we quite like uh, yeah. are there any honorable mentions you'd like to address uh I if not i i have a, a right, couple three, you throw up one i had another one um, here so headband of it. intellect if you like yeah, the belt nice of giant one. strength sure you might also like the like headband the, of intellect this is like the the giant strength for your brain the amulet of health does a similar thing for constitution as well but essentially it gives you a free 19 to your intelligence good for low level wizards who just want to have a uh, a high spell casting dc especially if you pair it with the arcane grimoire at a at a fairly low level which is quite nice uh additionally maybe a little unethical uh, but I, I, I saw and I thought it was quite fun for all the people who like their mounts. The Bridal of Capturing. You can, like, force a creature to make a DC 17 charisma saving throw. And if they fail, they become your mount as this saddle puts itself on it. And it's fun, you know. You could have that giant constrictor snake now <laughs> as your whatever. It does have to be a beast, though. So, so there's a few things that, again, these are kind of classics uh, that any, any party is going to want sending stones so great mm. uh ropes of climbing that's yep great one uh, always always a good one um, ruby of the war mage shout out for all you martial casters uh check that one out those are great ones uh, um, i love the chime of opening i don't really see it often i think it's most people don't know about it but it's like a 10 use open you know thing i think it's quite fun Open sesame type magic item. Yeah, but those were all of the ones. Those that are I pretty had. much. Yeah, and there might be others that we miss. And I think you know the new tattoos uh, in Tasha's are are quite interesting as well. Kind of a funny idea to be giving somebody a tattoo as a gift, uh, mm-hmm. but maybe not. Maybe right now somewhere out there in the world, somebody's dream Christmas present is a tattoo, new tattoo. Um, and, yeah, t- and to them, I say, you go, 
go big, go large, get a cool and get a great artist. Use up as much of your skin Make as you sure can. they go give mad. you that plus one, two, and arm strikes. But yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you, if you can, the way that the tattoos work in Tasha's is the more body it covers, the the rarer and more powerful it becomes. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so yeah, so don't don't just get some tiny little thing. Get like two full sleeves and your whole back done. You're gonna you're Might gonna as well. you'll, get your you'll, face you'll, tats. <laughs> get your face tats. Why not? Yeah, like make it legendary. That's a fun character. If you make get like, it and like a a rapper like bard artificer who's got all these like face tattoos. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, so those are those are some of our our midwinter festival Picks. magic item gift ideas. And there's uh, plenty more out there. So yeah, so do your own research and on what you need. A, for a your shout out to DMs but... everywhere. Give out more magic items. It makes players happy, and it probably won't break your game. Uh, yeah, don't don't sweat it. I think, I think be We've careful with be careful with before, home but, brewing yeah, magic items. You can easily go crazy with that. And be so. careful with the amulet of the devout and all those plus one saving throw stuff. They can get pretty dangerous real quick, especially if you have multicasters or and, multiclassers. And you can always like you can always like find clever ways to to take the equipment away from players. It's true. And or nerf th- it. Then or it can become a, it. like if they really loved that thing. The whole quest might, at that point, just be to get their their Vorpal sword back. Exactly, could end up being a plot hook. And I think a thing that you like talked about on one of your Eberron games is that the DM approached everyone was like, "What's a magic item you really want?" Right? Yeah, in the setup and of the game, they made it a part of like this like whole relic hunting thing, which is like the whole theme of the thing became yeah, yeah. like each mission was like to get this cool item, you know. And well, we were, treasure was one of them. We'd be getting know, along closer way, and closer right? to the ones that we wanted. Mm. We could and you could tell we were getting close to them. He'd be like be dropping hints about the the various sort of things. And and yeah, we were or we'd know we'd meet somebody along the way that we were trying to fence our stuff who had the things we wanted and we just needed to get more more cash together. Yeah. Um and can always be fun plot drivers if you're feeling like there's something a little stale going on in your plot. And you, that motivation can just yeah. be a f- super it, it, cool it, magic in item. In fact, and, and no, no criticism of my DM who runs the Eberron game. He does a great job. But we've gotten more into a regular campaign sort of vibe with it lately. Um, there was something really cool about the very episodic chasing down treasure that I could have done in like another eight sessions like that. I was, I yeah, was I kind of want to do some relic hunting now. Um, and I sort of think that maybe, maybe that's like a whole, that's maybe something I should DM. Maybe something for the future. Like you just, and it's easier to set up. Like I could see people can kind of drop in, drop out of it. If you just have this ragtag group of relic hunters who classic are always dungeoning, going, you know, classic dungeon building. Yeah. Well, it would be very simple sort of stuff. It'd be single map sort of things. It'd be some role play first. You'd, you come into a scene, you sort of something be a bit amiss and they were all connected. Every one of the treasure things we that had been sort of uncovered in the land that we were going in to explore and find out what was going on had kind of something had suddenly changed, right? And sort of behind the scenes, there's various powers at work that are, you know, that are revealing these things. And um, and so there's a common sort of story going on. But it was it was basically, yeah, go crawl this one little dungeon or this one little map fight this one a couple little things and voila here's the treasure thing that you're looking for or if it wasn't what you were looking for it's something what your friends were looking for and they can that can be just as exciting the the act of gift giving can be just as exciting for dms as receiving gifts yeah and i i i'm not against giving out magic items more now so if you're you're playing with me and you want a purple sword just ask don't just throw no nope just ask (laughs) nope that is not what we're advising as we wrap up i won't i won't won't just put it straight on your character sheet i'll make you go get it but I think this uh, might you want be. Me to put we, it in the game. Are we taking a break off for? Yeah. For so Christmas speaking of, of Christmases um, and midwinter festivals of such, uh, our next LDS, scheduled yeah. podcast actually falls upon December twenty fifth, and um, we're going to be busy. We got we got other stuff we're going to do. Adventuring. Um, so we're going to take some time. We're going to hang out with family. We're going to play some D and D. We're going to open presents and we're going to open magic items. Yeah. Open magic items and enjoy the magic of the season. We will, uh, I think we'll try and be back though for new year's day mm-hmm. and, uh, and we'll have a little look ahead at, uh, some of our new year resolutions for D and D. Some of the things that we, uh, that we promised to do, in the new year. All right. Well, if this is the last episode of the year, then to everyone I say, have a wonderful holiday, midwinter break. Yeah. And 
and if your students out there and to to all of you be kind to one another love each other uh enjoy the spirit of the season is it thursday yet? give <laughs> uh give give from the heart give vorpal weapons and um yeah we'll see you we'll, we'll talk to you soon all right everyone Bye bye